talk about Fight Club. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. This is your life, and it's ending one minute at a time. Fuck, liar! You big tourist! I need you! Now get out! Talk about Fight Club. Talk about Fight Club. Talk about Fight Club. I get it. Very clever. Keep it up. Talk about Fight Club. Talk about Fight Club. Talk about Fight Club. Talk about Fight Club. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Um, I guess this is what episode four. Episode four. Uh, we're we're running through the Fight Club screenplay. Um, together, uh, you, I, yeah, you can look up a copy online. I think it's, um, script slugs, I think is where I got this one. Um, I have no affiliation with them or anything. If they, if they, uh, you know, if they get mad, it well. Um, here we go. So we are on page 44, about halfway down the page. Uh, we're starting to get into act two. Um, Tyler and Tyler and, and our, and our, Narrator Jack uh, just started fighting, started forming the Fight Club. Um, they're living in the in the abandoned house on Paper Street, and uh, yeah, they're starting to get good. People are starting to figure this out and have a little fun. So um, they just kind of realized they discovered all these these magazines, and um, the one that Jack finds is is the 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 medical journal that says, you know, I am Joe's lungs. Without me, Joe can't breathe. Blah blah blah. Um, they've decided who they would fight, I think, um, and and they they can't sleep after they fight, which is ironic because this is you know kind of an uh, uh, an insomnia tale as it is. Um, so his his answer to um, getting uh, the Fight Club going is that it excites him so much that he can't sleep. So um, as a uh, lifelong insomniac, I can tell you that happens all the time. Um, it's almost like you, you can't sleep, you can't sleep, you can't sleep, and then you find something that's like gives you relief, and then you get a little bit of sleep, but then the, that new thing is so exciting you can't sleep. And uh, so anyway, yeah, that's how insomnia works, guys. I'm not a, I'm not a, a scientist or a doctor or anything, uh, but here we go. Let's get back to the script. Page forty-four, about halfway down, we're in a conference room during the day. In near darkness, as a slideshow progresses, run by a chipper salesman. Walter, a chipper, chip. He's like a good guy. Walter, uh, Jack sits deadpan with a puffy lip and bruise on his cheek. Um, interior conference room day uh, is when all this is happening. Thursday morning, my boss didn't know what to think. Boss blocks him from the rest of the room, gives him a dubious look, turns back to Walter. Um, Jack, all I, all I could do is think about next week. Walter advances to the next slide, showing a, uh, the view of a computer screen. Walter, the basic premise of Microsofting your office is make things more efficient. As Walter continues, his sale pitch gets drowned out by Jack's narration. Excuse me. <clears throat> Jack, voiceover. Walter, the Microsoft account exec, smiled at me with his steam shovel jaw. Walter, with his smooth, soft hands, here he was doing his cute little show. Maybe thinking about a free-range potluck he'd been to last weekend. But probably not. Walter moves to Jack and slaps his shoulder. Walter, I showed this already to my man here. You liked it, didn't you? 
Slowly, Jack smiles. His teeth are red with blood. They glow eerily in the dim light. Jack, voiceover. You can swallow a pint of blood before you get sick. Walter. Jeez, I'd hate to see what happened to the other guy. Jack keeps the smile frozen on his face. Jack. Fuck Walter. His candy ass wouldn't last a second in Fight Club. Exterior, Lou's Tavern, night. Out of silent darkness, headlights appear from all directions. A synchronous wave of cars pulls up and parks in the already filled lot. Mm. I'm having coffee, guys. I told you it's not, it, it, coffee's not going well for me. Uh, but I have three more little Keurig pods, pods left and I'm not a fucking quitter. So I'm going to destroy my stomach drinking coffee like some sort of proud fucking asshole. Um, okay. So this, this Walter guy's a jackass. Uh, headlights have appeared at Loose Tavern. Young men get out of the arriving cars and wander into the tavern. We recognize, among them, the guys who watched Tyler and Jack's first fight. Interior, Lou's Tavern, same. Men enter, the bartender, Irvine, calls out. The bartender's name is Irvine. Irvine. Drink up, people. We're closing. Let's go. The crowd consists of men and women yuppies, blue-collar regulars dressed in work clothes or like cowboys, floozy barfly women. Music plays from the jukebox. Again, I love the casting agency. We need, we need a bar full of floozy barfly women. Yo, I'm a, I can do it. I'm a good flus. I'm a floozy barfly. That's me. Get me in there. Let's do this. <clears throat> Excuse me, guys. It's the coffee. Uh, the arriving men simply wait and wait. Tyler and Jack enter. They, too, stand back against the wall. The waiting army begins to share secret looks and grins. A certain level of eagerness can be seen among them. Irvine looks at Jack and grins. He flips on the lights. The drunken customers squint and get the message. They gulp down their drinks, plop down money, and filter out the door. Irvine hits a button, and the jukebox loses power. The, the record simply turns slower until it stops revolving. Okay, so that's, um, we'll just do a quick side note here. I've been a musician my whole life. Um, I was super proud to know that my album is on some jukeboxes uh, around Southern California. Um, it's one of those, if it is a, like a CD uh, jukebox, um, well, at least, I mean, I haven't been to a lot of these bars in a long time. They probably took my, my CDs out. But there was a time when, when my CD wasn't a jukebox, and um, that was fun. It was a good time. But um, as a, as when you're playing in a band, a lot of times if you're doing you know, bar gigs, uh, you get set up, and you get behind your equipment and everything, and you get ready to play, and you got to kind of nod to the bartender, like, hey, man, uh, we're ready. And then, yeah, some bars have a button backstage, back, back behind bar. They just, boop, they hit the button, and the jukebox goes off. Um, Tough part about it is if you're doing multiple sets, if you're doing a, you know sets of covers, um, this happens multiple times during during the night. And what often can happen is you you, you do your first set, you take a 15 minute break, and they turn the jukebox back on, and then you get back up back up on stage, and you give the old the old bartender the the heave ho the the old you know the old the old song and dance nod, and uh, and and then the worst thing that can happen is. Uh, the bartender shuts the jukebox off, but before you start playing, um, whoever paid for that song that happened to be in the jukebox gets livid. And they're like, fuck you, put my song back on. 
And you're like, well, we're a live band. We're going to play, you know, here, I'm going to play an hour set for you. And they're like, no, goddammit, I put in my money for Pretty in Pink. And Jesus Christ, I want my girlfriend to hear it. And uh, it's happened. Uh, it's not flattering when that happens. Um, only once has the bar said to, to me, hang on, wait. And they put the jukebox back on, um, which is a little insulting. But uh, yeah, there is, this is a real thing. There's a, a bartender like kill switch for the jukebox. Another fun fact for you guys. Uh, you guys are learning a lot. You're learning a lot. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the, he stops the jukebox. Finally, the last of the irritated customers leave. One guy locks the door. Two other guys pull down the blinds. Someone else moves over to the basement door and opens it. Interior basement steps moments later. The grinning men march down the steps. Chatter begins. Uh, tall guy. I brought my roommate tonight, Phil. Fat guy. Uh, oh, yeah? Hi, Phil. Tall guy. He kept seeing what I looked like. Had to check it out. Oh, hold on. We got Marla. Marla, Marla my cat, coming into the studio with a little sneezing. Come here, girl. Mm. Don't stand on the script. That's not good. Uh, the listeners are going to love this. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, in interior tavern, basement, same. A bomb shelter. Concrete floor, concrete walls. One bare light bulb. Hangs by a wire from the ceiling. Tyler nods to nods to Jack, and Jack turns on the light. The guys mill around, finding partners. The whole mood is very friendly. Everyone brims with eagerness, but tries to act cool about it. Uh, chatter gets louder. Fat guy. I mean uppercut. Wiry guy. I gotta work on my left. Oops. What's going on? There we go. Page 47. Marla's... Bouncing around. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, damn, that was fast. Got it. Might have to cut a little bit of this out. Nah, fuck it. Uh, we're wiping the floor with the dudes who got in their weight class. Tall guys slapping wire guys' shoulders. Skinny guys. They will fight to the... Bur Parking chatter. Then. Uh, peaking chatter. Then. Sorry, guys, I can't read. It's early in the morning. I'm having my coffee. It's... Whew. We'll get through it. Tyler moves into a position directly under the light bulb. His face is partially in shadow. Everyone spreads out, forming a circle. The light bulb is the center. GBB. Tyler's, Tyler's will wipes through the room and the chatter dies. Tyler's will wipes through the, a couple of coughs, feet shuffling, then silence. Uh, okay, here we go. You guys have heard this line for sure. Tyler Durden, the first rule of Fight Club is... Um, what is it? I forget. Oh, 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 oh. It's, uh, don't talk about Fight Club. Uh, and then the second rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. Um, Jack glances over at a short guy, Ricky, with a black eye. Uh, Jack voice over this kid, Ricky, supply clerk. He can't remember whether you ordered pens with blue ink or black ink. Tyler, the third rule in Fight Club is when somebody says stop or goes limp, the fight is over. The fourth rule is only two guys to a fight. Jack, but Ricky was God for 10 minutes when he trounced an actuary twice his size. Tyler, fifth rule, one fight at a time. Sixth rule, no shirts or shoes. Uh, page 48. Seventh rule, fights go on as long as they have to. And the eighth rule of Fight Club is, if this is your first night, you have to fight. Tyler steps back and a fat man and a goateed man take off their shirts and step into the center. They circle each other, then begin throwing punches. Sweat flies into the moist air. Shouts become deafening. Jack. 
Sometimes you could hear flat, hard packing sounds over all the yelling as someone caught his breath and sprayed. Goatee man. It's spelled S-S-S-T-O-P. Stop. Stop. Whatever. Uh, Interior. Office park restaurant day. Jack eating lunch is served a refill soda by a broken-nosed waiter with a goatee, the man from the fight above. If I could tell someone they had a good fight, I wouldn't be talking to the same man. Who you are in Fight Club is not who you are in the rest of the world. You weren't alive anywhere like you were alive at Fight Club. But Fight Club only exists in the hours between when Fight Club starts and when Fight Club ends. Interior, Jack's office day. Boss, passing by the doorway, looks in at Jack with irritated wonder. Jack, playing solitaire on his computer, daubs blood from his mouth with a handkerchief. Boss, what are you getting yourself into every week? Jack flashes a smile at the boss. Boss shakes his head and walks away. Um, after a night in Fight Club, everything else in your life gets the volume turned down. You can deal with anything. All the people who used to have power over you have less and less. Reflectively, Jack's tongue plays with his teeth. Jack voiceover. By this point, I could wiggle most of the teeth in my jaw. Interior, bus day. Jack stands, holding a hand, holding a hand grip. Jack stands, oh, okay, he's on the bus. An arrogant man in a three-piece suit brushes past him, knocking his shoulder. Jack, we all started to size people up. Uh, The arrogant man continues down the aisle. Jack notices a guy with smashed lip. The guy grins, giving a slight nod. Hmm. Man, coffee's terrible. Oh, God, I don't know why I'm forcing that down my face. Um, I look I look at some asshole and know I could beat him. The arrogant man continues down the aisle. Jack notices a guy with a smashed lip. The guy grins, giving a slight nod. In the interior, parking structure, Dave, this is a flashback. Jack walks past the parking garage. He sees a valet who has some facial bruises. Jack, we were all doing it. The valet and Jack share a quick smile. A BMW pulls up and honks at the bruised valet. The bruised valet has no reaction as a fat exec gets out of his car and tosses the keys. Jack watches the bruised valet size up the exec, then hops into the car and loudly peel out. Jack, voiceover. I would see them all the time. Fight club members looking at each other, knowing they could kick their asses. Interior tavern basement night. Page 50, guys. We are 50, 50 pages into this. Jack lands a couple of jabs to his opponent's jaw. No, his opponent's stomach. Then brings up a left uppercut that smashes the opponent's jaw. Tyler, damn it. Tiny splatters of blood adorn the walls along with sweat. Let's try that again. Top of page 50. Interior, tavern basement night. Jack lands a couple of jabs to his opponent's stomach, then brings up a left uppercut that smashes the opponent's jaw. Tiny splatters of blood adorn the walls along with sweat. Jack, voiceover. Fight club was not about winning or losing. It wasn't about words. The opponent recovers, throws a headlock on Jack. Jack snakes his arm into a counter headlock. They wrestle like wild animals. The crowd cheers maniacally. Jack voiceover. The hysterical shouting was in tongues, like at a Pentecostal church. The onlookers kneel to stay with the fight, cheering over louder. The cheering ever louder. The opponent smashes Jack's head into the floor over and over. Jack, stop. 
Everyone moves in as the opponent steps away. They lift Jack to his feet. On the floor is a blood mask of Jack's face, similar to the tear mask on Bob's shirt from before. Seen earlier. Uh, Tyler pushes through the crowd. Tyler, cool. Uh, exterior bar night. Everyone flies out of the bar, sweating, bleeding, smiled. Jack, afterwards, we all felt saved. Mm. Save me, Tyler, dude. Save me. Uh, exterior sidewalk night. Jack and Tyler walk through the pools of light cast by streetlights. They both drip blood and sport bruises. They each carry a 4x4 piece of wood. As they pass parked cars, they slam the sticks against the front bumpers, setting up the alarms and causing the airbags to inflate. They come to a bus stop that has has a large display ad for jeans. It has a photo of a shirtless man. 51. Tyler. Is that what a man looks like, Jack? Isn't it? Tyler smears blood on the ad. They continue on their way. Tyler, Tyler comes to a roadwork sign. Tyler kicks it into a deep hole. He and Jack tight rope walk on wooden beams over darkness. Uh, Tyler. Guys packing into the gyms, all trying to look like what Calvin Klein says to. Fight Club isn't about looking good. As they step back onto solid pavement, Tyler kicks one of the beams, causing it to come loose and fall. The whole temporary work structure falls into the hole. Tyler and Jack continue walking. In the background, a car skids and fishtails, avoiding the hole. Sound of a siren getting closer. Tyler hands Jack the 4x4 and runs. Jack stands there for a moment, then throws the stick and runs after Tyler. Jack, a guy comes to Flight Club for a first time, and his ass is a wad of cookie dough. After a few weeks, he looks carved out of stone. He trusts himself to handle anything. Exterior, another street. Jack and Tyler, panting, sweat mixing with blood, slow down and resume walking. Tyler pulls his fingers, popping them. His knuckles are swollen. He grins at the pain. Tyler, self-improvement is masturbation. Self-destruction is the answer. Interior, Paper Street House, kitchen, late afternoon. Phone rings. Jack enters from the living room, buttoning his shirt, and answers. Jack, hello? Intercut with Marla's room, same time. She lies on the bed, twisting the phone cord around her neck like a noose. Marla, where have you been the last few weeks? Jack, Marla? Marla, I haven't seen you at any support groups. Jack, that's the idea. We split them. Marla, you haven't been going to yours. Jack, I found a new one. Marla, really? Can I go to it? Jack, it's for men. Marla, like testicular cancer? Yes, like that. Look, this is a bad time. Marla, I started going to Debtors Anonymous. You want to see really fucked up people? Jack, look, I'm going out. Marla, I'm going out of my mind. I've got a stomach full of Xanax. I took what was left in the bottle. Might have been too much. Probably was. Jack turns to camera. Jack, voiceover. Picture yourself watching Marla throw herself around her crummy apartment, saying, I'm dying, dying. It could go on for hours. Jack, you probably want to die in peace. I'll, I'll let you go. Marla, stay on the line. I want you to hear me describe death. Jack puts the handset on top of the phone, still off the hook, and walks out of the kitchen. Marla's voice. I want to see if my spirit can use the telephone. Interior bedroom late night. Grunts of pleasure and exertion. In dim light, we get glimpses of torsos, asses, legs, arms, breasts, and black female hair, all drenched in sweat. Sh- sheets rip. Ka-chunk, ka-chunk, bodies hit the floor and roll. More insane grunting and laughing, cackling. Flash of Marla's face, then groans of ecstasy, approaching climax. 
Cut to Jack's bedroom sunrise. Jack sits up in his bed, looks around the room. Interior, second floor landing. Jack steps out of his room, looks down to the next door. The door is closed. Jack, voiceover. Tyler's door was closed. I'd been living here a month, and Tyler never closed the door. Interior bathroom the same. Jack stares into the toilet. Close up, six used condoms in the toilet. 54. Interior kitchen morning. Jack sits at the table sipping coffee reading Reader's Digest. He takes a long yawn, rubs his eyes. He hears footsteps approaching. Jack, you're not going to believe the dream I had. Marla walks in, straightening her dress. She looks like she's been raped by a hurricane. Some of her hair is matted against her head. Some of it is sticking out wildly. Jack gapes at her in shock. That's the third use of gape. Uh, She cracks a coy smile and runs a finger across the back of his neck. Marla, I can hardly believe anything about last night. She pours herself a cup of coffee. She takes a big gulp, gargles, and spits it into the sink. She gives Jack a lascivious smile. Then she sips from the cup. She strokes her hair. He pulls back from her. Jack, what the fuck are you doing here? Marla looks at him a beat, then throws the cup into the sink. It shatters. Marla, fuck you. She opens the door to the backyard and walks out. Jack watches her stomp across the lawn to the sidewalk and down the street. Jack turns, and Tyler is at his shoulder, staring after Marla. He's in his usual sweatpants. He grins at Jack, then moves away and pours himself some coffee. Jack, smoldering slumps at the coffee, and picks up Reader's Digest. Tyler puts his foot on a countertop and begins to do stretching episodes. Exercises. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. This crazy bitch almost fucked me in half. Get this. I come home and the phone is off the hook. Move in on Jack's face as he pretends to read but glances up at Tyler. Tyler's voice fades as Jack. I already knew the story before he told it to me. Interior kitchen late afternoon flashback. Tyler enters through the back door and moves to the phone. Marla's voice from the handset. I'll tell you when I'm floating out of my body. Gently, Tyler lifts the handset and listens, smiling. Jack, voiceover. I don't know why, but Tyler actually thought it was a bad idea that Marla was about to die. Interior, eighth floor landing, late afternoon flashback. Tyler reaches the top of the stairs and heads for Marla's room. Before he can knock, Marla hands shoot out and grabs Tyler's arm. Interior, uh, Marla's room continuous. Marla pulls Tyler inside and shuts the door. Her drugged eyes look him over. Marla, you got here fast. She staggers and sits on the bed. She slides off, along with a blanket and sheets to the floor. Marla continued, the mattresses here are all sealed in slippery plastic. She tries to focus her eye on Tyler. Marla, did I call you? Sirens and vehicles screeching to a halt outside. Doors opening and slamming, running footfall. Marla scowls and rams Tyler with her knee, knocking him off of her. Marla, you called the cops? Shit. She gets to her feet, grabs Tyler, hauls him to his feet, and pulls him out the door. Interior hallway flashback. Marla locks her door, then shoves Tyler toward the staircase. She and Tyler suddenly flatten against the wall as cops and paramedics charge by with oxygen. Cop, where is 8G? Marla, end of the hall. The rescuers keep running. Marla and Tyler start down the steps. Marla lingers a beat, hearing the cops bang on the floor, bang on the door. She calls out to them. Marla, the girl who lives there used to be a charming, lovely girl. 
but she has no faith in herself. Tyler yanks on Marla's arm. They continue down the steps with Marla's speech getting louder. And she's worried that as she grows older, she'll have less options. She's turned into a monster. She's infectious human waste. Good luck trying to save her. <clears throat> Interior kitchen night flashback. Tyler makes coffee. Marla slouches against the refrigerator. Marla, if I, fell if I fall asleep, I die. You have to keep me up all night. Tyler smile smiles. Jack, he was able to handle it. Page 57. Uh, Tyler's room, dawn flashback. Marla and Tyler in a wrecked bed. Tyler's eyes are closed. Marla kisses his ear. Marla, according to ancient Chinese custom, you're responsible for me forever because you saved my life. Interior kitchen morning resuming. Tyler gulps some coffee, shaking his head. Tyler, and she's spouting this crap she got from watching too much television. Jack voiceover. If only I hadn't gone to a movie. If only I went to her stupid room to watch her die. Tyler sits opposed to him, studies his face. Tyler, you aren't doing her, are you? Jack, I am Joe's raging bile duct. Jack, no. Tyler, I didn't think so. Jack, you didn't think so? Tyler, she's not your type. Jack, how would you know what my type is? Tyler, she's just a wild, twisted bitch. Jack, oh, and my pace is more librarians and den mothers? Uh, Tyler, kinky. Jack, how could someone like Tyler get involved with someone like Marla Singer? It was impossible. Jack, Marla doesn't need a lover. She needs a caseworker. Tyler, this is sport fucking. She's a hose bag. <laughs> this is sport fucking. She's a hose bag. Uh, Jack, she invaded my support groups. Now she's invaded my home. My friendship. Like a cancer. Tyler, you're okay, aren't you? Jack, voiceover. I am Joe's clenching bowels. Jack, sure. Jack, voiceover. Put a gun to my head and paint the wall with my brains. Jack, it's fine. It's great. Tyler, now listen. You gotta understand something about me. I got a little rule. Don't ever talk to her about me. I can't stand that kind of shit. Tyler fixes Jack with a friendly but firm stare. Tyler, if you ever mention me to her or anyone else, I'll find out about it and you'll never see me again. Jack, okay. You promise? I promise. Tyler abruptly gets up and leaves the kitchen. Jack watches him go, smoldering. <clears throat> Interior, uh, living room, night. Jack sits watching television at high volume. Sounds of rough sex from upstairs. <laughs> uh, interior, Jack's bedroom, uh, night. Jack lies calmly in his end state on his bed, staring at the ceiling. Sounds of thumps and crashes from beyond the wall, along with Tyler and Marla's voices snarling. Marla's voice, you slimy discharge. Jack, I could have moved to another room on the third floor so I wouldn't have to hear, but I didn't. Interior bathroom night, Jack brushes his teeth. Jack, I wrote little haiku things. Uh, worker bees can leave. Even drones can fly away. The queen is their slave. I became this calm little center of the world. I was the Zen master. Move in on keyhole, Jack's eyes. Uh, Marla grasping, gasping in passion. I love you, I wanna have your abortion. Page 60. You know, let's stop with the uh, I wanna have an abortion line. Um, whew, thanks for listening, this one's a little rough. I, I, I'm gonna finish my coffee before I do another one, maybe, maybe play with my cat. Um, thank you for listening, my name is Stink. Um, it's not really, but you know, eh, whatever. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Stinky thinktank.com, uh, no, nope, that's not it, at stinkythinktank 
And then uh, you can email me, stinkythinktank at gmail.com. Uh, like, subscribe, post. You know, I don't know why I should record this once and just whatever. Um, anyway, see you guys next time. Why well, get it? Very slip. That's it, working out. That's it, working out. Being clever. Being clever. Want you to hit me as hard as you can. Keep it up, Tim. Keep it up, Tim. You've been called the Da Vinci of our time. Hit me as hard as you can. This is your life and then one time. Just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. The fuck are you talking about? Let's just stay in the moment, smoke some weed, drink some wine. Reminisce, talk some shit, forever young is in your mind. Leave a mark they can't erase through neither space nor time. So when the director yells cut, I'll be fine. I am forever young.